0: So I don't know if you saw the news story from the census. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. That less than uh, 50% of the UK now identifies as Christian.
1: Yeah, serious.
0: And it didn't come as any surprise to me because I think uh, in this podcast, less than 50% are proper
1: Christians.
0: (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Well, you know, one of us is a proper church-going Christian and the other is... (laughs) So nominal <laughs> at best,
1: I think. Oh, at the very best, I would say, on a good day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to episode 223 of the midfaith crisis podcast my name is nick page and there in a striped jumper is
1: joe davis hello that was a good intro wasn't it do you know what i was just gonna say congratulations that is the best we've had probably this year you went and saved the best for last thank you (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) we don't sing that one at church anymore do we did we right. ever sing it? <laughs> we, I think I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> anyway.
0: Uh, well I like your jumper. It's
1: very nice. Thank you. It's a kind of tribute to Where's Wally in a way.
0: <laughs> well it's a bit thicker bands. Yeah. You look is. like a sort of you look like a, a blue and white sort of zebra crossing.
1: <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Some kind of parking zone. You've come dressed as anyway. I, I will. It. I will send a picture and put it on the Facebook for people to make their own opinion. I'm a bit harsh. Excellent. <laughs> um, well, listen. Um, we've got church notices. Well, away, haven't we? We have one church notice, um, which is the Mid Faith Crisis uh, Christmas service. And I'm, I'm telling you now, we've got to get more chairs out. <laughs> we, may, we may have to move to a bigger venue. <laughs> 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 <'Cause>, <laughs> I think, oh that's nice yeah i think there's going to be quite a few of us there so thank you if you've signed up to that and if you haven't signed up to it why not
0: no indeed um no lessons and carols the mid-faith crisis christmas service 20th of december eight o'clock um uh G- gmt are we in gmt
1: Greenwich yes time. i think we are now yeah yeah, yeah.
0: eight o'clock proper time yeah. uh different times for those of you elsewhere in the world
1: yeah and Bring your own creative drinks, but obviously we'd prefer you serve them in those kind of nasty green cups and saucers that are slightly chipped. Hmm. Um, but you don't have to. That's, that would just be a nice tribute.
0: Yes, and if, if you are sitting on a chair, if you could sit on a,
1: a plastic chair that's yeah. maybe slightly cracked. And not particularly comfortable
0: yeah it makes a horrendous noise every time you move in it so you have to sit uncomfortably <laughs> so, uh, still during the prayer times that would be great yes yeah, so uh, we do hope you will join us for that and um, we'll put all the links to where you can sign up for that in the show notes and on the web they are on the website in fact
1: we? yes exactly and we mm. say service in the loosest sense of the word I think it's fair to say but come along and bring your doubts as they used to say did they <laughs> didn't they you're, I'm, you're, no, Hang on. <laughs> remembering church in very different ways now no you know, no that was a big slogan wasn't it for oh, one of the it? billy grahams or lewis palau one of them it was bring your doubts oh okay i yeah, did okay. i left with them as well <laughs> but i had more by the end of it i didn't like to tell them that but yeah no <laughs> um well that's very good How are you anyway? Yes, good. So, uh, well, I I had a wonderful weekend away with my boy. We just went on a dad and son weekend away. I mean, it was quite extravagant, I won't lie. It involved um, travel and food and sport and beer and all things good. But it was just lovely to spend time with him. And this is because my mum, whose birthday it would have been yesterday, when she left this earth she didn't leave us boys much but she left i reckon just enough for me to go on a fairly good boys weekend <laughs> oh, so, so that, that's it's, it's what she would have she, wanted it is what she would have wanted I know. I know and the thing is rachel's been away with our daughter for a couple of weeks so you know it didn't hurt it was lovely it's great just getting to know him as a an adult because had you not met him before then I'd met him before, but here's the deal. <laughs> he went to uni when he was 18 and then he yeah. sort of got married a bit and, uh, you know, settled in miles away. So it was lovely. When, normally when I see him, I'm with I'm with my wife <laughs> and his wife. Yes. And occasionally my daughter. So it was just nice, just being a tourist. It was lovely. Very nice. And, uh, Very yeah. Good. And it was my mother's, would have been my mother's birthday yesterday. So that was, you know... Well, kind of i remembered it i don't know how i feel about that but i miss her bless her yeah and sure. uh, and and our ukrainians at last have arrived so uh this is some ukrainian refugees who really had a terrible time leaving leaving the country in all honesty and then It's been a it's been a couple of weeks just getting here, spending time in a Polish refugee camp and then in Germany in a refugee camp. But uh, they're here. They should have been here months and months and months ago. And the person whose house, one of our neighbours just down the road, he's he's um, he's now in New Zealand. (laughs) So we're the point of contact for them. And uh, but that's lovely. And we're just so happy they're safe and alive and well. And uh, yeah, trying to get them settled in a bit. So that's quite exciting, yeah. Great. That's about it, really. How about you? How are you, my dear friend? Do
0: you, I'm sort of mainly surrounded by um, boxes. Oh. Uh, really, I'm sort of starting to pack things up and do things like that. Um, oh, my phone died. So, well, I've I've got, I've got a very old uh, phone. I, I've never been up to date with phones. I've got this very old phone, and it just stopped. It wouldn't charge. Oh yeah. Or rather it would, if you could get the thing at exactly the right angle to the micro oh, right. millimeter it would <laughs> it would charge. But if you then breathed near it, it would stop charging.
1: That is the thing about the Nokia
0: seven ten. <laughs> it, <just, laughs> it is. Just... That that Blackberry, it's got it's it's gone on and on. Anyway, it was only really when it lost that, when it wouldn't charge and I was, you know, worried about it and that I realised just how much of your life is is in this oh, yeah. object, yeah, sure. You know your 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 ability to sort of use your bank account or you know mm. to pay for things or to Scared. whatever rail cards—they're all on there, and and you know it's like you're locked out of your house or something. It's like being locked mm. out of things to suddenly lose your phone. Anyway, I have got another one now and then been setting that up, but then mm. you have to get used to that one and it. Oh, it's oh, it's a hassle, mm. isn't it? It was so much easier in the old days where we had Boys. checkbooks and bits of paper. Yeah, you know.
1: I mean, I was going to say I wouldn't have thought you would have missed the texting or calling facility of the phone because uh, you're very useless <laughs> at getting back to anybody, if I recall, <laughs> if I make sense. That no, say. that's that's true. That
0: is true. That was quite nice. That um... <laughs> actually, no, I was going to say it was quite nice that it was silent, but I never have it switched on anyway. So <laughs> I do occasionally answer your phone calls when you
1: call, don't I? Yeah, occasionally. Excuse me, I'm just drinking my hot Ribena because I don't know whether you've noticed it's flipping cold. It is. It's turned turned
0: wintry here um, (laughs) in the UK in a way that I think many other parts of the world would just laugh at yes uh, oh, we, for sure that we, <laughs> that we call this cold or wintry. But I'm sitting here with the look. I like it I'm, I, you're I'm like in the old people's home. You I've are like an old
1: you are I mean you're like that for a variety of reasons, but the blanket <laughs> is finishing <laughs> off the look, I must say. I tell
0: you, I after this I'm gonna get my knitting out and just <laughs> sit by the fire. Yeah, so that was that was my my. that's what I've been doing really, nothing more than that. Um should we should we move on? Shall we? Yes. I have
1: no idea what's planned for this podcast but we'll be interesting to find out. Mercifully, um the uh, the listeners are a lot more organized than us point number 1 because they actually text us and say intelligent and good things. Um so let's just let's just launch straight in. Um uh, lovely book recommendation from Ness actually must must give this a shout out. It's called Tequila Mockingbird. And it's Cocktails <laughs> with a Literary Twist. <laughs> like Somford, a, a great guide to mixing cocktails based on literary stories. So, um, and yeah. Ness felt that you would enjoy that. And then, um, and then we had a great one from Roz from Oz. Uh, by the way, big shout out to all uh, the Aussies out there who I realise are not cold, but enjoying their summer. I know that. And, um, and on a more serious note, shout out to anyone who's um, had issues with the fires that have, uh, are still going on and off intermittently, I think, out there. Much love to all our listeners down under. And um, anyway, Ros says she talked about the tension of being in a very conservative church where you couldn't talk about Santa Claus or Father Christmas to your children or anything. Um, and, uh, and the tension of sort of removing wow. that wonder for children. Plus now she sort of sees the birth narratives as more mythical than literal anyway mm. so so there's a lot there was a lot in her email just about you, you know shifting the stories about christmas and and that old perennial thing which does come up doesn't it of you know what do you do with father christmas and how do you explain that to your children and and um how does that work yeah so this reminds me of uh, when we had a jehovah's witness in our, our our class at school and you know they were taken out and missed any any of the sort of fun that went on around Christmas because they weren't allowed to celebrate. And I always felt quite sorry for this poor lad in my class. Maybe I'll try that, actually, (laughs) because, you know, it would be quite a good way of getting
0: out of Christmas parties, wouldn't it? (laughs) I'd find that quite (laughs) useless. I'm sorry. It's against my (laughs) religious beliefs to actually sing karaoke and
1: and socialise in any way. Well, my children will tell you to this day um, that Father Christmas is an important part of Christmas because, of course, uh, we always told them that uh, there would be no presents from him if uh, unless they put whiskey and a mince pie outside their bedroom on Christmas Eve, and indeed other times of the year. If I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> when when you say we always told them this,
0: did Rachel tell them that, yeah. or well, was it mainly you told I them? I
1: can't that? remember now. No,
0: okay, funny that. <laughs> yeah well stories are important aren't they um and fun is important and anticipation is important and 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 a bit of magic is important i think yeah i think so
1: yeah so that's all we're going to say we're being careful because we recognize that some people will be listening with their lovely children in the cars possibly even as they speak Although i hope not because frankly the language can be questionable in this podcast (laughs) from time to time um deborah (laughs) says uh I'm going to guess on which episodes I'm responding to. The latest ones, question mark, 220, 221, whichever reply. Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Exactly, well, I can't remember. (laughs) I have no idea what we've talked about when. Anyway, she says, I hope you don't stop doing the podcast. Have we threatened to or something? Uh, She says, I hope you don't stop doing the podcast because I can't think of any other podcast where one or more of the hosts." hosts question something and the other host may or may not agree but it's also lovely no screaming at each other nor do you two parrot each other i think this is called conversation says i tend to have a ton of thoughts while listening but i'm usually listening in my car so i'm going to keep this email to two things the previous comment and then the one on the nativity story in my head i nine times out of ten will say no not really a stable and definitely not a wooden stable or something like this when my almost 13-year-old granddaughter wants to start Mary and Joseph from the back room where they live on their journey to the Bethlehem of the living room and she pulls out kneeling Mary, standing Joseph and a camel, intellectually this just does not make sense. But gosh, darn it all, if the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to me at times during their Advent journey. So it sounds like an Advent journey round the house, which sounds kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Great. Which says, all that to say, sometimes the Lord uses donkeys and sometimes the Lord uses camels. Wait, I'm not sure what I meant by that. I've been sick with flu. Sorry about that, Deborah. Uh, Truth and reality are very important to me, yet maybe God isn't stumbled by intellectually inaccurate stories. So that was good, wasn't it? Uh, That's
0: that's lovely, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're giving off the illusion that we do, in fact, like each other. Yes,
1: Um, and have a conversation. I mean... Off air, it's very different. Yes, I, I hope you don't mind me saying so, uh, listeners, but sometimes Nick can say quite cruel and hurtful words to me.
0: <laughs> well, I think
1: the second part of
0: that email is very apposite because uh, yeah. working with you is, is proof that God can speak through donkeys and uh well, you. <laughs> brute animals of any kind so you know um anyway no the thing is uh, well that's nice thank you thank you debbie yeah. I'm, I'm i think it is important that we yeah we disagree and in fact probably one of the things we do disagree on um uh, is the the christmas narratives to some extent i would have. yes thought. i think we do because, uh, you know, I know that every time, it's like um, every year, like Christmas, you know Christmas <laughs> is coming because Joe starts to whinge about the, the birth narratives in, in the Gospels. And, I'm sorry uh, about that. I don't it's mean like to. The, it's like the arrival of the first mince pies in the shops. <laughs> the first Christmas whinge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh you know, one one of the issues obviously about all these is, is that they are those stories are enculturated. We we retell mm. them in our own um vernacular, which in, in, in Western Europe paintings was way you know, a wooden mm. stable. That's where yeah. all that comes from. And I can never decide whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's good in a way because it grounds gospel stories in your own reality. But obviously it, it imposes a, a sort of different reality on it, not not the historical thing about it. Sure. But um but you're absolutely right, Debbie, You know that that cultural kind of expression of it, whether it's in, as I say, a mm. sort of Renaissance painting or or in a, a nativity set, can still be a, a conduit for hearing
1: from God. Exactly. Know? That we do agree on. And well, look, we'll say more about it after this email from David. Uh, David said, Dear Joe and Nick, I'm very behind on my podcast listening. Well, allow me to rebuke you, David, for that. He says, I'm currently listening to episode 215 and you are talking about rules. And he says, my behindness is nothing personal. It took me three years to read the Bible in a year because I kept falling behind (laughs) with that. I feel your pain. Uh, On the subject of rules, I keep thinking that the rules of church life, or perhaps perhaps the rules of Christian life, as interpreted by the church, are a bit like the rules of netball. Now, I love this. Listen to this. Netball was invented when a lady in England wrote to the inventor of basketball in the USA to ask him for a copy of the rules. He sent her a rule book, but he also sent her a book of tactics. The tactics weren't the rules. They were just strategies that some people found helpful. The lady in England misunderstood and thought that the tactics were rules. That is why players' movements are much more restricted in netball than basketball. I think that sometimes in church we are playing netball when we should be playing basketball. We've taken helpful suggestions and turned them into binding ordinances. This restricts us. It prevents us from exploring other ways of playing and excludes people who could play basketball, but for whatever reason can't or won't play netball. I will be extending this metaphor further, so please just go with it. There are, so far as I can see, two major problems with recognising that we are playing the wrong game. The first is that people who are already playing are familiar with the netball. Some of us have been playing our whole lives. Adjusting to playing basketball could be difficult, bewildering, confusing or just downright unwelcome. The second problem is that we have to identify which rules are preventing us from playing the game we're supposed to be playing. As Nick said, there have to be some rules. If we're supposed to be playing basketball, we have to try and get the ball into the net. We can't decide that that isn't the objective. In the same way, the church can't decide that following Jesus isn't our objective. Likewise, we could decide that full contact tackling, punching and firearms are permitted. That would make our game more like rugby, boxing or clay pigeon shooting. Two of those are fine games, but none of them is basketball, which in this metaphor is the game we're supposed to be playing. There are fundamental rules of Christian life. And he says, love God and love your neighbour. And I would suggest other rules that flow from that. There are things that we cannot do without violating one or both of those. Unlike the lady who invented netball... We don't even have a rule book we can refer to to see what extra rules we have added. The Bible is not really a rule book. We have to intuit these things ourselves. That can be difficult and will definitely lead to conflict. He says, I'm sorry for the rambling nature of this extended metaphor. I think I've got to take my ADHD meds this morning. So you aren't getting me at my most focused. I hope that the vivid netball basketball image is helpful. It might be a better image if I knew any details about how either sport is actually played. God bless David. (laughs) It's a brilliant metaphor. I really, I I like this a lot, don't you? I uh, I think that's really, uh, really good, really helpful. But I, I, you know, it got me thinking about the rules again and also the, the, the rules for Christmas. What do we have to believe? Uh, which is back to the previous uh, email from Debbie. You know, what's truly important for us to believe about the Christmas? And, you know, I sometimes think I, I may have had to work a bit harder at this now that I'm not in an institutional church and don't have all those services and Advent services leading up to Christmas. You know, you sort of you have to be a bit more intentional about it in mm, a way. Mm.
0: Um, so, so it's really you're asking which which bits of sort of Christmas are 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 sort of netball and which yeah. are basketball and which are basketball. Know, which, yeah, which which are the sort of <laughs> yeah, the exactly. mistaken rules and and which are the actual game that we should be playing yeah um and do you mean that like about
1: scripture or do you mean that about the whole the, the way in which we the whole thing i think it ca- I, I think the whole thing i think it does mm. apply to scripture and and if people are getting caught up on the literal dynamics of a star moving across the sky and guiding people mm. and mm. and uh and a virgin birth and all those sort of things i think they could still ask but what do all those things mean what mm. what what are the writers intending to say about it? If they weren't just writing it as history, why would you place those texts in there? And what, if anything, have they got to say to us today? Because I would certainly want to argue that they've they've got things to say to us that they're very important in our understanding mm. of the divine. Definitely. What mm. about you? I mean, I was thinking about has you know you wrote a magnificent book. We will say more about this later. Christmas tradition, truth, and total Baubles. Available in all good booksellers. Mm. And if they don't sell it, they're not a good bookseller, obviously. Um, you know, when you were writing that book, did did it sort of refresh or challenge any of your understandings? Did you see Christmas in any with any sort of new insights for you?
0: Well, I think it, um, it, it, it's interesting to look at the, the, the sort of historical origins. Um, one of the things about... One of the sort of netball things, in a way, about Christmas is that it really wasn't that important. To the church for a long time, yeah. um, and and yet it's so important now. It's it's all you know, yeah. there's this constant tension in the church now. We, we keep having to say to ourselves, actually, Easter's far more important, but, but then we put on many more services at Christmas, you know, and and <laughs> and you know, in terms of workload, it seems to go through the roof. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's it was instructive to see the the sort of feedback loop between society and the church as Christmas became more important to society it's become more important to the church
1: yes um, that's interesting. And, and one
0: feeds off the other
1: i know. hope you're not suggesting that church follows the culture rather than the other way around you raving liberal heaven forfend <laughs> but
0: no you know like a carol service for example um it's a relatively recent invention actually it's not an ancient service of the church sure. and it was done to help people sort of Celebrate Christmas to, to almost ride on the back of Christmas, and now it's become mm. this key part of Christmas. And you know, like we, we, we think the proper start of Christmas is the 3 pm, you know, nine lessons and carols on Christmas Eve or whatever. Yeah, um, sure. you know, it, so, so I think they feed off each other. I think historically, though, you know, most of the claims that people make about Christmas being a sort of a pagany festival aren't, aren't really true. Um, and so it does. It does yeah. at least go back pretty. You know, it goes back to the fourth century yeah. ex- essentially. So it was difficult with that because you 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 kind of think, well, it wasn't that important to the early church, and and it's very very important to us now. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a bit of both, really.
1: That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, for example, I'm speaking at the Carol Service this year in our village, and and it's normally packed, and and it's an opportunity to to say something to people that. Yeah. they weren't here anywhere else at any other time so so that's yeah. a good thing so i might sort of rail against the kind of you know that mm. that, that, that it's not that important from a christian point of view from a doctrinal yeah. point of view from you know mm. historical point of view but actually it's very important from a cultural point of view i think now
1: mm. interesting especially when 50 percent of people won't be there in church this year because they're not christians
0: well a uh, great many of them will be in church. Yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> at yeah. at Christmas in fact. For a variety of reasons, you yeah. know, um which I which I think is interesting. So I so I think yeah. I think there's that. I think the scriptural stuff, um you know, I have a different view on it really, because I think oh. um I I I think there's no real reason to to deny its authenticity. Uh, there are except reasons. In, except, except, in, <laughs> Well, not not in comparison to everything else. You know, not. Is what what difference is it to everything else that's in the Bible, really? Well, or I everything don't... else that's in the Gospels? Why this
1: bit? I think it's. I I just think it's strange the way Paul never mentions it, and he he was written before the Gospels, and yeah. I think I think when you know the the contextual stuff of caesar's being born of virgins as well and stuff like that then it, then i think it does make a difference how you interpret those scriptures personally yeah
0: well i i think there's hardly any well paul for a start paul mentions very very little about um, mm. of gospel events at all he doesn't mention hardly anything of what jesus mm. did so you know you you're going to have to ask questions about the rest of it mm. uh, uh secondly i think that there's uh th- yes there's lots there's, there's other evidences around of of um, of references to sort of divine birth but actually not in this way generally not not in this way it's it, it, you know most um sort of mythologies of divine birth the mm-hmm. god appears in some form yeah you know, some physical form or other you know or it's a sort of man or as a I don't know, I think Zeus appears as a swan in one of them. Heaven knows how that works. Anyway, but, you know, um, but, but not in this not, not in this form. So I don't think it's quite the same. Um, and, and then there's, there's the other thing that, you know, the idea that Matthew sort of made it up because of the Bible reference. Yeah. That's not, in fact, the way Matthew works. He doesn't actually work that way at all. He, he recounts something and then he finds a verse that he thinks fits or that comes to mind. Yeah, um, sure. He actually works the other way around, generally. But he, how he can you be sure he, of that? Yeah, because half the time it doesn't fit properly. Oh, I okay, mean, there's right. no there's no evidence that he, you know, even even the idea of uh, you know a virgin shall conceive mm. and give birth to a child there's several ways of looking at that one is to say that in the fullness of time you know she's a virgin at the moment but in the fullness of time she'll mm-hmm. become she'll yeah. become a, a woman and give birth you know it doesn't necessarily mean anything miraculous mm. yeah, um, sure. and I think another typical Matthean reference would be you know this, the story of the um, Massacre of the Innocents as it's called mm. when he yeah. he he tells this story and then he cites a verse um, about Rachel weeping Mm. um but it has uh, hardly any relevance to the story at all <laughs> the place that it took place was the other side it yeah. was 12 miles away it's got it's just matthew's way of working sure. so so i actually tend to think these stories have a bit more sort of tradition to them and uh, okay. and, and, yeah. and and were being told but i suppose you're right in in any case the question is well what do they mean what do they mean
1: to us yeah and i think for me incarnation has become important to celebrate every day of life as has resurrection. So, you know, I, I don't mind that there's tradition and festivities and stories and stuff like that going on around Christmas or around Easter, but I think the reality of them in our day-to-day lives is really important. And and the reality of incarnation, that Christ is incarnate in humanity is really important to me i like to be reminded of that a lot more than once a year um so so i think i think what's happened for me particularly since leaving institutional church is as the sacred secular divide of my life has sort of come down and now everything is joined up it has caused more wonder all year round not just uh christmas um you know just before i this podcast I had to escape to the beach for a minute because I had a particularly difficult funeral and um, you know just walked for a while and I saw the full moon rising and I saw Jupiter just coming out and it's you know it's it's extraordinary and I see Christ in everything and I know that Christ is in me so incarnation is like really important to me now and also I used to fret about the duality of Christmas like you know i mean we've all been guilty i suppose at some stage in our lives of saying well don't forget the real meaning of christmas and then feeling guilty because we got so involved in preparing meals and watching the queen or whatever on tv and playing games I and mean, we sort of did forget all about the baby jesus whereas i don't have that sort of tension now to me christ is in the games and the food and the laughter and you know all that's going on because that's the glory of incarnation do you know what i mean
0: yeah i know exactly that's... what you mean well there that's... you go <laughs> that's important because i think uh looking again at the historical accounts you know and coming back to uh debbie's point about well what kind of stable was it and you yeah know, it wasn't yeah. a you know th- when you look at then and we've talked about this in the past we'll make Mayhem. a link to previous um, yeah. episodes that talk about this you know the the kind of st- um manger where it was in a peasant household it it's about inviting jesus in it's about accommodating jesus mm. about making space for no. mary and joseph and jesus it's yeah. not about excluding and therefore it could be argued that the real meaning of christmas is precisely hospitality yeah. and eating and drinking and playing games and celebrating birth ah oh, now you're talking my language <laughs> it's it's yeah. Once again, we're back to cheeses of Nazareth, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> With you in your life, yeah. and that is tr- that also is part of the incarnational truth of Jesus—that he was about that kind of stuff,
1: yeah.
0: uh, just as he was also about stuff that we find tr- tricky yeah. to believe in, like yeah. exorcism and and the miraculous, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so I think you know the real truth of Christmas or the real story of Christmas is um, is joyous. Mm. It's absolutely mm. joyous. It's not meant to sort of weigh us, weigh us down in that yeah. sense. I think there's another really important thing about the historical accounts. You know, however however you look at the um, at, at the, the historicity kind of stuff, and there are difficult things. I know that nobody knows how the star thing works, and I, I have, you know, I've read a lot about it and written a lot about
1: it, but... It could have just been a plane, as I always say to people who say, is that a satellite? <laughs> well, no, it's just a plane.
0: Yeah, my wife's always saying, "Oh, what's that star doing?" And I'm saying it's landing at Bryce Norton, just up the road. That's what it's doing. She'd be off following it, looking for a, a stable. Anyway, yeah, Jesus was born in an aircraft hangar. Anyway, um, uh, you know the the point about those stories, or one of the points about the stories, is all all of them have to do with outsiders as well, um, yeah, shepherds and and magi. You know, the it, other it, religions. This is, yeah, I think this is one of the points about that i would say that argue for the historicity of some of the elements or at least the widespread tradition of it's because actually magicians are very badly thought of magi a a, a magi was a cross between a sort of astrologer and a scientist kind of thing you know an astronomer but they were they're pretty badly thought of Mm. in the gospels and yet they are there at the birth yeah um and, and, and the shepherds the outsiders are in and and more than that i think one of the things that the virgin birth does is it puts a woman right at the heart of the narrative that is certainly true and i love that about it solely a woman you know that it's her and mm. and 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 she is center stage this young girl becomes center stage and i think that's been really important in the history of the church you know all right you get the excesses either side you either get sort of protestant minimalism about mary or you get uh you know Mariology, and the other way but it's meant that a woman had a central and key role as as they do elsewhere in the gospel yeah
1: yeah
0: um, and i think that's really important it's
1: fascinating for me because you know what you're saying about the historicity and everything and the meaning you're drawing out of it i you know i completely agree with this it's these stories are so rich it's just that you yeah, I think if I'm getting you right for you you know there's no problem with it being literally historically accurate and I'm just saying well I, I, I'm not really convinced on that but it but it doesn't matter for me at all because I think the story still is really important and really matters and I want to gain every bit of meaning from it that I possibly can.
0: I'm not saying it's without problems. Uh yeah. I, I I'm saying that I don't think it's a I don't think it's necessarily a much later tradition. The fact that Mark doesn't mention it, for example, doesn't really indicate much. I mean, Mark, for example, is one of the uh, is the only gospel that never refers to Jesus as the son of Joseph. Mm. So he may well know of that tradition, but have thought Mm. not to mention it, you know, because actually there's a whole it's problematic in a way, uh, you know, in terms of other interpretations that could and were put on
1: Jesus's parentage. In, in early days. But you would you would think, as the earliest gospel written, you'd think if you're writing a bit of a bio about Jesus that actually the virgin birth would be a fairly strong place to start with it. Well, it's quite possible he didn't know of the story.
0: You know, I think you can't argue either way. And it's quite possible that that for all the gospels, that, um, you know, they have different sets of data. They have different sets of... So Matthew and Luke, obviously, as you know different this, priorities. because you are, yep. you are an ordained... Yep. Thank you. uh Bap- baptist minister of respect doesn't hurt every now and then no and uh <laughs> yeah uh, you're very reverend and um uh, you know that th- they have they had access to a different set yeah of uh sort of accounts of jesus that mark doesn't seem to have had so that you get different things you get bits where matthew and and luke agree yeah uh, and and against yeah, mock yeah. so you have all these no, exactly. different things they, going on they had access to Q
1: who later went on to head up mi five I believe <laughs> he
0: did well he no he was more um, well, he made weapons didn't he oh, no, and is exploding that... watches think, oh, is that James right? Bond.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: um and, and of course, John goes even beyond that. I mean, you know, if you want something that goes beyond the virgin birth, you get Jesus as the word, uh, the very creation, you know, bit of the yeah. universe.
1: Sure. Yeah. So that's really telling the story.
0: Yeah. You know, that's really gone back to the origins. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I'm not saying they're without problems in terms of, you know, historical explanations or what precisely went on. Um I don't think the problems are insurmountable and I don't personally see any reason for sort of throwing these out on those grounds. But I think for both of us, we can see a way through to a a very rich set of
1: uh, implications for us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and what would you say to people who perhaps are not going to church and therefore not getting the opportunity or even if they are going to church and not getting the opportunity to hear these sort of the meanings and the stories what could they do well i think
0: if you're not going to church what they could do is repent
1: yes thank uh, you
0: um <laughs> that would be my first thing and uh and and then really make up for a lot of back tithing that they haven't done yes
1: by by hitting the give button on the, on the podcast, <laughs> podcast page back tithing is that thing? <laughs> <saying> back tithing <laughs> we should launch that shouldn't we
0: we should say, have you not been tithing? Make it up by hitting yeah. this donate button right now.
1: Um, and receive forgiveness of sins.
0: <laughs> we we should we should start the indulgence business again. Yeah. Um, with all that, I've forgotten
1: what the question was. Was it? What, was that, <laughs> what, what, what would what, I say to you? Yeah. How are you going to help people get into the Christmas story without it causing them to have panic attacks or you know sort of just. It just feeling weird. I mean, that's one of the things we found just going so over the Christmas stories in in our group. We found it a bit weird. It felt a bit like a a, a sort of old fairy tale that was somehow wasn't quite acting. And we had to sort of right. wait a minute, wait a minute. What's what's the richness of this story? We had to sort of just take a deep breath together and yeah, really sure. launch back into it. How do people do that?
0: Well, I like that you found that weird, but not some of the other stuff. But anyway. Um... <laughs>
1: we did find reading the psalms quite weird as well
0: <laughs> one of the ways to get into it is 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 to read it again and try and read it fresh and try and see what it says and not what we think it says mm. um and then you will find it's a story of uh scandal actually yep. you know that that jesus is born in in what is really an indecent way you yeah. know, because nobody knows how it happens. So Jesus is is part of the excluded and the the, yeah. the 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 scandalous right from the start. It's a story of ordinary people, young ordinary people. It's the story of cruel and mad dictators mm-hmm. um, trying to wipe out faith. It, it's a story of outsiders from from uh, far away discovering light and hope it's a story about people who've been looked down on all their lives because they're they're just herdsmen discovering that actually they're the first to hear the good news it's it's the story of what you were talking about about incarnation god with us yeah in the heart of our ordinary communities so it you in, in a way if you read the accounts and you know you 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 see that kind of thing. They become both less magical and more magical at the same time. They become more grounded in, a, in, a, in the real world of the time, mm. uh, which, which takes away a bit of the sort of stables and the fairy dust and the glowing halos and the, mm. the little cherubs singing. But actually becomes more wonderful, doesn't it? More, more magical, yeah. more
1: marvellous. God right in the heart of our communities. That's what I'd say. But that's brilliant. We, sh- we should stop there because that was brilliant. Thank you. I appreciate Gosh. it. But before we go, let me just say that it's not too late for people uh, to get in time for Christmas. Christmas tradition, truth, and total baubles by Nick Page. Oh, I yeah. have to get that plug in. I've got to do that. But thanks for saying that. That is that was really That's brilliant. Right. I appreciate That's that. Right.
0: And and I think actually for another little plug, if you want to know more about the sort of Christmas historical stuff, I wrote about that in a book called The Wrong Messiah. Um, you did, which which has a lot of that stuff. And um, another book you, people might find helpful is Raymond Brown's book. Uh, I think it's called The Virginal Birth.
1: Okay. It's
0: also got. It's also about the resurrection. It's about those two big things, yeah. and it looks at the sort of the historical bits. But it's very even-handed, and it yeah. talks about the problem of the virgin birth and the problem of the resurrection as sort of yeah. two key sort of events. So those might be useful for people. Yeah, we should stop there. Yeah. Uh,
1: always leave them wanting more exactly well that's never happened do they want more (laughs) no they really don't they're they're begging for mercy (laughs) listen thanks everyone who signed up to the christmas service we're so looking forward to seeing on the 20th don't forget to do that thanks to everyone who writes in we didn't do all the emails we're going to come back to those next week and um and thanks to everyone who gives to us. I mean, goodness me, thank you so much. Mm. And, you know, if at the end of all your Christmas giving to many people who God knows they need it this year, uh, your coppers, if you still find you've got money left, well, just find your way to the where. <laughs> <to> <laughs> yes, think of those back tithes that you haven't done. Think of those back tithes and, and receive a blessing. I'm not going to yeah. say what the blessing is. <laughs> <laughs> Find your way to Mid Faith Crisis website. Hit the give button. <laughs> yeah, thank
0: thank you to everyone who who writes in yeah. and supports us. That's really great. And we will be back with you uh, next week, assuming we haven't all frozen solid.
1: <laughs> See you then.